recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we're joined by the world's strongest man. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing great. As you said, we have a special guest this week. I'm really excited, and I don't want to delay, because if we do, somebody's going to get their ass kicked, and it isn't going to be me, man. So let's introduce our guest, Kurt. I'll give you all the uh, honor here, my friend. All right. I'd like to introduce a fellow Olympian, power lifter, weightlifter, ring lifter, truck puller, and the world's <laughs> strongest man, Mark Henry. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good, man. Hey, how's um, it going? I, we were just talking about your son. Your son doing really well in wrestling. He's doing good, man. He won state last year. Uh, he went to Fargo and um, uh, in the first round, he beat the number 12 kid in the country who had just beat the number nine kid in the country. And um, he had to pull out of the competition because he had a a subluxation in his shoulder, uh, which he got a little slap tear. And, you know, we PRP'd it and then rehabbed and uh, didn't require surgery. He's 100% now. Good, good, good. He had his uh, first wrestling meet this past weekend. His first match was 10 seconds. His second match was 15 seconds. And then he uh, rode a kid out with uh, five to nothing. The kid uh, couldn't get up off the ground. Wow, he's kicking some butt, huh? Yeah, he, he's loving it too. And I always thought it would be football. And I, he, I was just going to ask you, he's going to college as a wrestler, not a football player, right? Bro, he, he, he told me two weeks ago, he was like, would you be hurt if I didn't play football and I just went and, and wrestled? And I went, who are you? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You ain't gonna play football. He said, you know, he said, man, I'm I'm having a I'm having a ball. And and I realized that I'm good now. Yeah. And I said, All right, well shit, do whatever you want to do. Oh wow, <laughs> man, that's cool to your letting him because you know that he had the ability to play big time football. Uh yeah. college, even after college in the pros. So allowing him to go rest the wrestling route, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and the bigger the bigger schools wanted him to wrestle. Right, right. You know, like he he had a lot of the um a lot of schools that that wanted him to play football, but they were smaller schools. Right. And uh he was like, "Man, I want to go to a Power 5 school and if I have to go to do that to wrestle, then that's what I'm going to do." You know, like uh if I decide to play football later on in life, then I'll do it. He said, my sole goal is to be a professional wrestler anyway. So <laughs> Follow his dad's footsteps. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, we're going to jump in, Mark. We're going to kind of do a little walkthrough your, uh, your, your time and the business. But before that, we're going to talk about you and Kurt. 
And I want to know from both of you, when you first met in 1996, you're both in the 1996 Summer Olympics, but how did you guys first meet, Mark? No, no. I, I met Kurt in 95. Okay. At the uh, Olympic Training Center. Nice. Uh, he came to a wrestling camp, and, you know, it was a big deal. You know, they was like, oh, man, this dude, you know, he won the Olympic trials and da-da-da. And I, I was like, man, like, I, I want to see him. And they was like, well, we they were right next to us. Like, <laughs> we were wrestling and weightlifting was connected by, like, a building, like, a, like double doors. So, like, I, I remember going over there one day. And this guy, he's a, um, um, I, I think he passed away. I'm, I'm a guy named Mark Kerr. Mark, he's he's still alive. Yeah, is he still alive? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay, so Mark Kerr was like, "Yeah, strong man, we got somebody for your ass. Yeah, you, I bet you can't hold him." And oh. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And he was like, "We got man, this dude can move." Yeah, you got to see if you can hold him down. And Kurt showed me, like, he was like, well, this is how you, uh, you know, like, I had never done, a, I had never wrestled before. I didn't uh, know a seat belt yeah. from a damn shoulder strap. And they, like, showing me how to put him in a, in a uh, how to hold on to him. Yeah. And it was like, he did a sit out, like, rock, won't rock, and was, and was standing in front of me. I was like, damn, how you do that? It was like magic. <laughs> like I had never seen nobody move that quick before. And I thought that if I grabbed something, it was, I'm holding it forever. And that was not the reality. You know what, Mark, he pretty much ruled the Olympic training center. He was, he lived there. So he was there every day okay. all, all year. And yeah. we all came in for a couple weeks, every few months. So right. Mark was there. And he pretty much ruled the place. Everybody knew who he was, and he was Mr. Popularity. He oh. was. He was. I love I love that dude. And he was tough. I I wish that um he had better circumstances and better people around him. Uh he's one of those guys that kind of I felt like slipped through the cracks because of not having the disciplined people around him. Kurt, so Mark you heard him. You're absolutely right, Mark. Kurt, Mark, uh, Mark heard about you. Okay. Mark Henry said, I heard about Kurt and I wanted to go over and see this dude. What did you think when you saw big Mark Henry walking towards you? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I already knew about him. I was in a celebrity basketball dunking contest. He weighed 350 pounds. And he was able to dunk a basketball. You know how impressive that is? I, I, I've seen that. Yeah. Incredible. A little athleticism. Just a little. A little bit. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Kurt. Oh, uh, Mark, being able to represent the United States at the Olympics that took place in the United States holds a special place in my heart. How about for you? Man, I, I everybody, well, not everybody, but all, Almost all of my uncles served in the military and patriotism was big in my family. And, you know, because of my size and because I was not on that track, uh, I wasn't going to get to do it, even though as a little kid, I thought I was going to get to be a soldier. Mm. And um, like when I started competing, um, they always played the anthem, always brought me to tears. 
I was just always ready, hyped to compete. And um, that was that was my way of showing my patriotism and, and being an Olympian is I feel like I don't feel like a soldier like I did service for the country, but I I represented the country as uh, the best way that I could. And, uh, man, I got so much joy out of being an Olympian, like the uh, making the Olympic trial, going to the Olympic trials and winning and um, being the captain of our team and being able to lead our guys out and hold the flag, you know, like, man, it meant a lot to me. Dude, not only that, but at that point, you were the largest athlete ever in Olympic history. How big of a deal was that to you? That's pretty special. You know what? It's, it's, if you're going to have one, have a big one. That's right. <laughs> From Texas. You know, I, I just never even thought about, like, um, you know, being the heaviest guy that ever competed in the games. You know, it's, not, it's not something you think about. Mm. Uh, I just went well, and I did the bit. Say something. Um, <laughs> say it again. There, there. I'm sorry, but I have to. He wants to say something. He said, <laughs> "You know who Chris Taylor is." Yes. Okay, he was uh, an Olympian for in wrestling. He. Went I know exactly who he is. Bounce. So I don't know if Mark was the actual biggest in history. I'm talking about weightlifting. 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 Yeah. weightlifting. I, yeah. I I knew they had the unlimited class in wrestling, and yeah. Chris Taylor yeah. was yeah. a mountain of a man in wrestling. And I, I think that um, even though I think 285 is is maybe too low. I mean, it like wrestling. I agree, Mark. It should be higher. Yeah, it, sh it should be at least two ninety five. Yeah, maybe because three. there's a there's a lot of guys that were really good and athletic, but they couldn't cut down that far. Yeah, no, you know, like right. I, I I look at my son now being you know two eighty two eighty five. Um, when he plays football, he goes up to three hundred pounds, right. and then he has to come down uh, to two eighty five. Cut a little bit and, of weight. Wow. Yeah. Man, that like to watch these kids cut weight, especially the lightweight kids. Oh, I know. Man, like it's it's painful sometimes to watch. Kurt, you I don't know if you never had to cut because you was a, a light heavyweight, but I, I wrestled up a weight class. I always wrestled higher than I was. Yeah. Right. And which is even even more impressive because you have a guy that is not the same weight as the guys that he's beaten. So that's that's mm -hmm. another story. But, like, um, I watched some of these, you know, 130, 140-pound kids. And <clears throat> excuse me. And I just feel bad for them because mm -hmm. I watched their quality of life. You know, the other kids eating pizza and, and ho-hos and ding-dongs. Like and they're over there. And they got – an eight ounce bottle of water and then an eight ounce, like a four ounce thing of like simply greens. <laughs> take a sip of simply greens and you two sips of water. Right. And that's got to last them all day. I know. No you, you know, no that, that's the one thing about wrestling. You want to take the fun out of wrestling. It's hard enough as it is, but you want to take the fun out of it. Any fun there is cut weight. And you know, <laughs> that, 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 
my nephew, Mark, he was a 10 times better of a wrestler than I was. He burned out in college. He was spent. He hated the sport because of weight cutting. And he would have made the Olympic team, probably won the gold medal. He actually beat the Olympic silver medalist 15 to nothing. Mm. Uh, it was from Oklahoma State. And uh, Marky just got burned out from cutting weight. He hated wrestling by the time his senior year came around. And after the college, he never went to the Olympics. He didn't even try out. And wow. it's crazy because he was way better than I was. It's ridiculous. Mm. But speaking of the Olympics, Mark, not to bring up a sore subject, but with your injury stopping you from performing at your highest level, you had to be expecting the medal at the Olympics. Am I right? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, that was the best training that I had ever had. Uh, I mean, I was in fourth place uh, with my snatch. If I would have done my best clean and jerk that I ever did, I would have I meddled or came in fourth. I mean, like, and, you know, it just wasn't meant to be, you know. Um, I believe that God's got a plan for everybody. And the the plan for me was to go on to professional wrestling. Uh, I, I, Kurt, I've, I've helped so many people. Um, I've, I've gave, you know, so much joy to people in pro wrestling that, you know, it, it. I think it almost supersedes me. Supersedes the fact that you know I was the strongest human that ever lived. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's great to have those. Uh, and this is not. I'm I'm saying this not as an arrogant prick, but oh, as no, I know um, the fans appreciate everything you did. That, yes, that your fans. The the people yeah. in powerlifting, the people in Olympic weightlifting, and the people in strongman. Those are three different completely communities. It's like CrossFit, bodybuilding, and um, aerobics. <laughs> a, yeah, a, it's like three different things. Right. And uh, to be a world champion in two of the three, and national champion five times in in the other one, like it just don't happen. And the things that I've done still. To this day, nobody has done. So, like, you know, it's I take a lot of pride in that. But that community, even though they love me and they show me love, like, when I walk around in my everyday life, I might get one or two of those people go, hey, Mark, you're the strongest man. I might get one or two of those. But every minute that I leave my house and I'm out in the public, I'm the world's strongest man from wrestling. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every From minute. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling yeah. I can't go nowhere. Yeah. Kurt know what it's like to walk. You, I can't go to the mall. I used to, man, I, I went to the mall with my kids like <laughs> about two months ago. I walked five feet. Stop. Five feet. Stop. Oh. Five feet. Stop. Pictures and I finally, class, huh? Yeah. I just finally told him, man, I'm going back to the car. <laughs> like, Here's my credit card. Like, don't make me want to kill you when you come back. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to the car. <laughs> so now you two love Amazon.com uh, as a result. Man, I do actually. Yes. <laughs> I've got. I'm looking at like 20 boxes, Christmas stuff and <laughs> gifts for family and 
Man, I'm and the only reason I'm here, like this is um the my my little bachelor pad from back in the day. Uh I, I do all my TV and radio and stuff here because it's it's silent. No, there's nobody else feeding off of the uh Wi-Fi. Oh, you know, it's cool. always gonna be perfect. Nice. And uh and and I I I I've been thinking about, man, what am I going to, I need to get rid of this place. I'm never here hardly. And uh, the family is like, uh, I've slept over here a couple of times and they're like, dad, won't you come home? And I'm like, y'all too damn loud. I can't, if I turn my phone on, I can't even get a damn Wi-Fi signal. You you said you think about getting rid of that place, but the problem is then you go back and visit it, and you're like, hell no, I ain't getting. No, rid of yeah, that yeah, place. yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> I don't blame you, Mark. You made a vow after the Olympics never to return unless the sport was cleaned up of anabolic steroid use. How rampant was it around that time when you were competing? Oh my god, man! Like there was a guy named Alexander Kolovich. He got positive drug tests. And they paid some money to the International Weightlifting Federation, and they 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 brought him back. Wow! So you could pay your way back in. That's how corrupt it was. And he had been suspended for like three months. So he came back with because once you get a positive test, they don't drug test you. He was taking more drugs. He came back stronger. Mm. Wow. He he I mean this dude he 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 did um uh a 200 and uh a 204 snatch. He came back and did 212 kilos. Kilos. Wow. He he did a a two a 240.25 cleaning jerk and he did 250. I mean, he was doing numbers that we were like, God, and you know, like, but you know, I wouldn't have traded nothing, man. I competed against um, five of the heavyweights that won gold medals from um, 88 until now. Five of the people that won goals, they're all dead. Wow. Heart attacks. (laughs) Yeah, all the guys I used to I used to love hanging out with them, and you know, like I I never was a drinker, but I would go and hang out at the hotel with everybody after the games, after the world championships, and you know how it is, Kurt. Yeah, Yeah. and like Andre Chemerkin dead, Mario Martinez dead, Pablo Lara dead, um. Manfred Nerlinger from Germany did. Uh, the guy Alexander Kolovich did. Like, I mean, it's just like all those guys. I'm not trading yeah. living for a gold medal. Right. You know, like the sport that I was in, it was just, it wasn't designed for you to do the stuff that those guys were doing. Mm. And here I am. Let, let me I'm, I'm, I'm probably. 90 pounds heavier even now than some of those guys. Right. And I'm healthy. 
because my God designed my body to be like this. You know, I'm 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 uh, 52 years old, and I'm six three and a half. I'm 335 pounds. I'm 95 pounds away from being the heaviest I ever was. But still, I got good blood pressure. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not losing limbs from diabetes. You know, I'm I'm not, you know, I struggle with back pain because of the obvious wear and tear on the body and that kind of stuff. I, in that Olympics that we were talking about, I tore the muscles in between the ribs. You got those little muscles called intercostals. Intercostals, yeah. And I tore it. And so it grew to be healed like that, the ribs like this. So I, you see, I lean like this all the time. Okay. Like when I lean, when I lean this way, it hurts 24 hours a day for the rest of my life. Mm. That one injury. My goodness. And I'm dealing with about seven of them. When you tear your muscles, body. there's nothing no. more painful than that. Bro, you might break in a rib. Yeah, you, it'll heal up. It'll heal back together, and you'll be fine. But when you tear that that fascia, yeah. like it hurts you for the rest of your life, unless you have surgery. And I elected not to have surgery. And I remember there were times when I wrestled, like the first ten years of wrestling, when I was learning to hit the ropes. I had to hit the ropes on that side, and there would be sometimes I would hit the ropes. And it would feel like somebody stabbed me. And I'm like, I can imagine. I know what those injuries feel like. I, I pulled my intercostals. I didn't tear them entirely, but I had one, some that popped out. And uh, now, now I have like a, a point in my rib. Where I do too. I have a big knot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and man, it was the worst pain I've ever experienced. It's still like I broke my ankle. I tore my quad. I broke my kneecap in half with you when we when I put the table on the and it slid off and I hit my knee. Oh, like God. yeah, like I'll, I've had so many injuries that could have ended a lot of people, and and it didn't. Thank God, but that one still hurts worse than everything else. Mm. I got I got two compressed discs that don't hurt that bad. In your neck or your back? In my low back. Lower back. Oh, From doing right. all those leg drops and ass bumps. Uh, yeah. I, I did it to myself and I wouldn't change nothing. I wouldn't change nothing. You should you should have you should have watched Hulk Hogan do it and realize he had <sighs> hip replacements. And I'm gonna do the super I'm gonna do the sleeper hold. Yeah. Oh my god, how you know I should have did the heart punch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, dang it, what Easy a dumbass on the planet. <laughs> hey, but I t I told Jacob, I told Jacob I, and I tell anybody that's listening, like do not do the most difficult thing because it is gonna it's gonna hurt you in the long run. Now, if you pull one out ever so often. One out of every five years ain't going to kill you. Nope, nope, you're right. There you go. But you can't, you know, like I was trying to do the same, like the the reaction was so good that I was mm. like, you, you ah, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and like Kurt know what I'm talking about. It becomes addictive, man. <laughs> it, it's a very addictive reaction, like yeah. to, to get a oh from the entire crowd mm. or 
to have the crowd go, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> and they, they 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 like leading to this, and you just like, oh, I gotta get that. I gotta get one of those in there too. You got so you, wrapped you, around your hand, yeah. Yeah. Man, it's it's uh it's very difficult to tell the fans no. I understand that. Santa baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below the waist grooming have launched their fifth generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with the lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code ANGLE for 20% off plus free shipping. Mrs. Claus will thank you. And by the way, Manscaped products make the perfect Christmas gift. Paul doesn't know this yet, but he has a performance package 5.0 alternate on the way to his house this Christmas season from his Olympic hero. Have you ever seen this guy's facial hair? My God, I can't imagine what his nutsack looks like. <laughs> it's more like a gift for his wife. While I'm at it, I might as well send him the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer. His nasty nose hairs are always getting in the way of his microphone. <laughs> so listen, be a good buddy to your friends this holiday season and fill their stockings with Manscaped products. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code ANGLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code ANGLE. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. When did you first take notice of the World Wrestling Federation, Mark? Man, I started watching wrestling with my grandmother when I was 10. And we would go to, um, as you can see, the Mid-South poster. Um, we would go to Louisiana. We'd go to Beaumont Civic Center and watch wrestling. We'd go to Houston and see Paul Bosch. Uh, I went to Dallas to the Sportatorium one time with my grandmother and my Uncle Andrew um, to watch the Von Ericks and the Freebirds. Uh, like I was a wrestling fan and I used to talk about it all the time. And I remember doing uh, Oprah and Oprah asked me what I did. And I said, I watch wrestling and play video games. And she was like, well, that sounds kind of boring. I was like, no, I love, I love wrestling. I was like, wrestling is the best, you know? So my manager was friends with uh, a guy that knew Vince. And he said, man, that boy love that wrestling. Like, you know, y'all should take a look at him. And one day Vince called me when I was at the Olympic Training Center. We used to live in co-ed dorms in, in the hallways. And um, somebody said, Mark, phone. So I run down. I grab the phone. I'm like, hello. And he's like, hey, this is Mark Henry. I said, yeah. He said, this is Vince McMahon. And I went, from wrestling? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, this is Vince. 
He was like, I uh, love to talk to you. And I said, yeah, right. And hung up oh, on his man. ass, <laughs> thinking it was one of my friends playing jokes on me. And um, the phone rung again, and it was my coach. Um, well, he wasn't my coach no more at that point. But Terry Todd. And Terry said, hey, man, um, Vince McMahon just told me you hung up on him. <laughs> and I said, that was him for real? And he was like, hey, fool, take the phone call. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be embarrassing. And uh, Vince calls me right back. And he goes, hey, man, that ain't the first time I've been hung up on. He's like, but um, I, uh, I, I, I think that you would, uh, you would like what we do. And uh, I'd like for you to come to Connecticut and see how we do things. And I was like, I, 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 I could not believe it, bro. It was like, <laughs> it was like somebody from your a long lost family member caling you. Now, Mark, Mark you said, before the Olympics, right? He wanted to sign you before the Olympics. This, this was in '95. I knew that you were signed with the WWE. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Kurt. That was in that was in '94. Okay, I know you signed before the Olympics. Yeah. Well, I didn't technically sign a wrestling contract. I had a uh, endorsement deal uh, with Foot Locker and with WWE, oh. and um, the. Um, uh, the reason that I was able to do it and other Olympians couldn't do it is because, um, you know, I had I had my stuff before the Dream Team, actually. Okay. Um, is I was able to, because I was the world champion in, in a sport already, uh, and it was pro. It wasn't, it wasn't amateur. Right. I was allowed to have my sponsors for powerlifting. So everything was legit and legal through powerlifting. And um, then I started doing the Olympic weightlifting and it wasn't. And they said, well, you can only get grant money from the USO and the U.S. Olympic Committee and the NGB that you govern by U.S. weightlifting. You can't get other money. And I was like, no, that's not true. Like I, my lawyer told me that you know, because I was grandfathered in because I was a professional before I chose that sport. And you can't tell a dentist that he can't be a dentist no more because now he's going to pick up weightlifting like you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was a way around it. And um, I've done that my whole life. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's better to be prepared and well-read than to have talent like, you know, talent is going to fade. It's going to disappear just like beauty and your speed. Like it's that stuff going to go away, but like your brain is not going nowhere if you do the right things by it. And, you know, like I had the first guaranteed pro wrestling contract. There's nobody that ever had a guaranteed multi-million dollar deal before, uh, before I did. And, um, there was a lot of people that hated me for that. That, I mean, they fucking hated me. I'm sorry. My language, oh, it's but good. like they really, man, I, I went through it, man. Like, uh, I helped make the world better for Kurt, you yes, know, like, you and I laid the foundation. Um, 
They offered me the same contract as you right after the Olympics. I turned it down. And um, because my agent told me, you're not doing that fake stuff. You're the real deal. Stay with amateur wrestling. I'll get you a job as a sportscaster. And um, then when I went back to WWE and I told them I'd like to try out, or I told them at that contract, does it still stand? And they said, no, you're going to have to come up and try out. So I went up and tried out. And you're right. The, the contract wasn't there anymore. It was, uh, I got 75 grand a year. That, that was my, that was my contract. So you, uh, basically, um, because you had to, uh, uh, how do I say this? Um, I had to quit. Yeah. I had to quit my life. Like I had to quit being legitimately the world's strongest man. It was hard. Right. Right. Well, like anybody I, that's ever been good at anything, imagine they say, Hey, you can't do that no more. You gotta only do this. And oh no, you're right. That would suck. But uh you uh you kinda laid the groundwork for me. And, right. I, I tried to I tried to uh always be um you know, I was I was kind of like the the bodyguard for pro wrestling. Like, you know, well, when I, I say that, that, you're right about the contract. A lot of guys were pissed off about it. Oh yeah, they yeah, hated my guts. Mark, I, it was and sabotaged me yeah. intentionally. Tried to sabotage me, mm. and I never got I never got joked with nobody. I mean, we joked around with my friends. You play the dozens, talk about your mama, that kind of thing. But nobody ever put like salt in my food when I wasn't looking or try to put pills in my drink to knock me out or put shit in my food or, you know, man, it was so much shit that happened. Like the ribbon got ridiculous. And um, say it again. It was out of hand. It was ridiculous. And, and there was points where, um, people took liberties like they knew they could get away with it in the framework of wrestling. So they would hit, they would knock the shit out of me and, um, take advantage of you. Yeah. And, and I didn't know better. So once I started, you know, knowing better, I started going, no, I'm not doing that. And, Oh, Oh, you're a big star. You know, like was that shit? Like it, man, it was bad. And then they realized that I would fight. And when I got angry, it's very entertaining when I'm angry. Kurt will tell you, like, I, man. You don't want to be around, Mark. I don't oh, mind. I, can <laughs> I don't mind it. If you want yeah. it, let's go. Oh, I don't God. give a shit who you are. Yeah. And they used to tell the black jokes. Oh, no. And, bro, like, I, I can't do it. Like, that's, it's, it, you got me then. If you want to yeah. make me mad, you you had me. And so I, I went through all of that stuff. And then it was there were guys that couldn't fight, and you could tell that they wasn't tough, and and they would talk shit and hide behind the business as a to protect oh, right, them. Right. This is just me cutting a promo. Yeah. Oh man, it used to hurt me so bad. It used to hurt me so bad. I couldn't do shit. And and I ended up getting banished to Canada. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me is getting sent to Canada because I never learned how to fight, fight. I mean, I, I boxed a little bit. uh, But when I went to Canada and I started working out at Bret Hart's house 
And then I would go on Tuesday and Thursdays to Stu's house, to the dungeon. And um, I would be in there with some of those guys and shooting. And I didn't even know what the term shoot fighting was. Like, you know, like that was um, – if I could have had the endurance of uh, of Shamrock, then I would have probably went and fall. But, man, I had – like when you shoot fight, you got about three to six minutes in you. At my size, that's that's all I had. I, I mean, it was hard. It was hard, you were hard. After that, right? You're exhausted, bro. I was exhausted. It took me about five hours to recuperate from uh, a training session, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, just sitting out and getting up and down and mat checking and you know, running to the wall and turning and doing roll over shoulders like blind. Like, you know, you watch wrestling training and you see guys, they walk backwards and then you just roll and then you roll over to your feet. That was hard for me because I'd never done stuff like that before. So, like, when I saw Kurt the next time, I went through that already. And I was like, hey, man, guess what? I learned how to wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited, you know, because now I got something. I learned how to do wrist locks and holes. Right, right. And I was like, come on, I want to try to hold you down now. You remember all that shit? Like, I I was so excited. Man, wrestling did something for me. Not just the money, but the confidence. And it gave me a sense of purpose again. Um, Like, I, I really, really enjoyed my wrestling life. I had a lot of injuries. And I went through some stuff, but all of the pain and misery that I had in the beginning, it went away because I earned the respect of the of the boys. They every time I left and came back, I was better. And they would be like, damn, man, I, I can't believe it. That dude is he's way better. And yeah, you know what, Mark? There was a point in your career where the light bulb went off and and you were like in tune like you you became like incredible worker and it was like maybe your fifth or sixth year uh but but you know what it took you that long but it it usually takes most most wrestlers that long you have to remember you didn't get a lot of training before you started on tv you were pretty much my first tv right away my first match was a (laughs) pay-per-view right so uh, you know, it, it took you the same amount of time it takes everybody else. They just tried to rush you. Right. That's, that and and Vince, Vince has admitted to it. He, he said that. He was like, man, if in a perfect world, I wish we'd have had another year or two yeah. to wait before we... Yeah. Mainly to not just for the wrestling, but to to be able to be more mature and integrate with the locker room and have the, the locker room realize the business is changing Guys, we're going to have professional athletes start to come in and be trained. Lawrence Taylor um, came came to WrestleMania, and one of the reasons he said that he didn't keep he didn't wrestle is because he hated being there. How oh, awful is that? Boys. Yeah, can you imagine Lawrence Taylor mm-hmm. what he could have done for the business of pro wrestling? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. But he hated being in the locker room and catering because the people were like, 
Assholes. Assholes. My goodness. I want to talk to you, Mark, a little bit about the time you got to spend with Rock, Dwayne Johnson, in your career in WWF. You're one of the ones who uh, you got to go one-on-one with the great one, get a pin over him uh, before he turned himself into the people's champ. Talk about your time working with Rocky. Twice. Yeah, okay. Talk about your time with him. He's like, I didn't forget that shit. It was twice. Who's (laughs) counting? Talk about your time working with him and and just – rubbing shoulders and working with him, keeping in contact with him, what it meant to your career? Man, I remember like the first day he came to Connecticut to um, training with me and Dr. Tom because me and me and Tom Pritchard yeah. trained in the warehouse. And the, being the first developmental wrestler, um, the first two developmental wrestlers, I think WWE did pretty damn good. Yes, they did. Um, um he he came in he he was broke he didn't have any um only the bags that he had with him was all he had and um i had a two bedroom apartment because that was all that the building near the office had and um they didn't have a one bedroom so it kind of worked out and i told him i said man you can you can stay with me man just ain't no bedroom suit in there and like you know we got to buy you a bed he was like man i ain't got no money man i said listen let's go get some furniture put you in there and we man you pay me back when you get some money so he moved in with me and uh we lived together for about nine months and I'm going to tell you something. Second generation wrestlers have an extreme advantage over everybody else because they understand storytelling and psychology. And even though they don't know how to hit the ropes, they've seen them done a thousand times. They don't know how to grab a headlock and do a takeover, but they've seen it a thousand times. And all they got to do it is once. And then they go, oh, Okay, I got it. And that was him. I was so frustrated <laughs> he was because yeah. Tom Pritchard could do stuff with him one time and then he can do it. And I was like, shit. <laughs> like, and, you know, so it got to the point to where when I was working with him, we couldn't do stuff over and over because he would go and do it with Tom. And then they would do like, three minutes or five minutes of shit. And I would be standing there like, look at this. He already know how, you know, like, I mean, that's how visibly good he was. And he could do leapfrogs and drop down. I like, man, I almost broke my ribs doing drop downs the first day because (laughs) they, I dove like, whoa. And it was like a fall rather than, laying it in and slapping the mat, you know, like uh, stuff. I It took me a while to learn. And uh, Dwayne already knew it, man. And he used to tell me all the time, I'm a, I'm, I'm a be, I'm a be, I'm a be good, man. He mm. said, you watch. You had oh, all the confidence. Pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. What's that? He was pretty damn good. He was pretty damn good, man. For somebody that only had a, uh, a nine year wrestling career, um, his nine years outshined a lot of people's whole entire careers. Yeah, you're definitely right. Now, how did it feel to become sexual chocolate, Mark? 
Man, sexual chocolate was my invention. No shit. So good. One hundred percent. Not one. Not one writer. Your personality. I could see you saying that. There was not one writer. Nobody. I went to Vince. Me and D'Lo were driving after the nation, and the nation broke up. So everybody was starting to go and do their own things and trying to figure out what was next. And you had the Godfather go his way. You had Ron Simmons go his way and just be Ron Simmons. D'Lo had the chest protector. And I was fucking kind of just like out in the cold. like what? And I was like, you know what, man? I just saw this movie coming to America. And they had this band called Sexual Chocolate. Sexual chocolate. And I just loved the name. And he was like, Sexual Chocolate. Yeah. And I said, you know what, man? I'm going to kind of be a ladies man. <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna do this, and then D'Lo said they're not gonna let you say sexual chocolate on TV. And I said, man, you watch. I'm going to Vince, and I went to Vince, and Vince was like, no. He's yeah, like, we we have too much money invested in you, Mark. Like, we want to make you serious. You're gonna we're gonna just wait a minute. We're gonna it's gonna be all right. We're gonna get you going. You know, I said. I said, just let me try it one time. I'm telling you, if you see me do it, then you'll understand what I'm talking about. Because I was starting to get the psychology of wrestling and how to tell stories and how to make people feel a certain way rather than see something. And he said, uh, he said, God dang it. Like he said, y'all, you got eight minutes. And, you know, I, I, um, I went out there with, with uh, Val Venus, Sean Morley. Oh, yeah. And I, I said, hey, man, anytime that I down you and leave you, just stay there. I'm going to do enough to put you down, but I'm going to leave you. It's going to feel like a long time, but it's really not. They're going to be looking at me. And he was like, oh, God. Like, he didn't want to do it either. He you know, down, so, right? <laughs> so we wrestling around, we do our normal shit. And then about that time, like I, I give him a, you know, he fires up on me. I give him a power slam. Bam, he's down. And I jump up and I look at hard camera like, hey, what's up? And I get out of the ring and I go and I start talking to this girl in the front row. And I said, can I have a hug? And she gave me a hug. And then Sean, you know, I told her the referee came, Mark, you got to get back in the ring. Tell him to come stop me. And then Sean comes out, and he bang, bang, and I turn around, boom, boom, I press him, throw him in the ring. And then I go back and talk to the girl. Hey, so, you know, maybe <laughs> later on we can do this and this. Man, we finished the match. I come in the back, and Vince is like this. Come oh, here, you big it. son of a bitch. <laughs> Done. Awesome. Love Sexual it. chocolate. He, he loved it. And, and sexual chocolate, man, is one of the most memorable uh, – characters in wwe history yeah attitude era for sure man sexual it's great uh here after may young has your hand baby uh you would find yourself up and down from ovw and training for weightlifting again were you at odds with the company over the move to ovw or what was going on then mark no no i i got injured and um uh while i was injured my mom died okay and uh, I started back training again because I was in and out of the hospital with her every day because the gym was like one mile from St. Elizabeth hospital. 
she had cancer, so I was going dealing, going and staying with her and uh, dealing with all of the family stuff that was going on to help her. And then I would, you know, Vince said, look, you, you stay home until your mom is right. And unfortunately, she never got right. And I was, I gained like 40 pounds. <laughs> Just just like comfort eating and training. And I got strong again. And, you know, when you're emotional, people can say little bitty things that seem like, oh, so it's big, exacerbated. And um, during that time, somebody, one of the guys that was uh, one of the world's strongest men, said in like muscle and fitness that I shouldn't call myself the strongest man in the world because uh, I don't compete in world's strongest man. So being angry and emotional and like, Hey motherfucker, look, I'm stronger than all of y'all. The only reason that I don't compete is I'm doing something else. And I was, I just got angry and I asked Vince, I was like, I, I know this is probably a bad time to ask you this, but these dudes are talking shit on my name and I want to compete against them. And uh, he said, Mark, you don't have to prove nothing. I said, it's not about proving it um, to, to myself. I know who I am. I said, but this is a chance for me to, you know, prove it to the world again. And he said, well, I I'll let you do what you want to do. He said, but if, 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 if you lose, he said, we don't have a place for the second strongest man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and basically told me that if I lost, I was done. So, like, I knew that I was going to win, though. Like, you know, the, I was meant to lift. I ended up wrestling, and I made the fucking most out of it. But, um, like, I ain't had no equals in lifting. I went out of, I went out of lifting – when I was 26, before my prime. Yeah, well before. I ain't even get the 32, 35. Mm. You, you know what the numbers would have looked like if I would have just power lifted or if I would have just did Olympic lifting? I would have yeah, got the numbers in up. In your mid-30s, oh, yeah. Mark? It would have been in my 30s? 26, yeah. Man, 26, man, that, you still a baby. Yeah. Mm. So... Anyway, go. Um, I um, I competed. I won. I became the world's strongest man again. And then I came back, and that was what I needed for wrestling. Now I'm bending steel poles and bending frying pans and picking up cars and keeping them from taking off and holding cars back with my legs. I'm doing all this crazy stuff. We. I picked the side of a car up in the arena. There's no, like, put roll, drive the car out there, and I'm going to pick it up. Right. And, the, and the crowd was just like, holy shit. Like, you, they didn't need hydraulics and wires. And people got to see real incredible strength feats that even the best strong men in the world couldn't do. And they they selling out arenas just like that one, doing strongman stuff, and I, I was doing that in wrestling. So I was man, I paid my dues. I, I, I it took me 
by then, like Kurt said, the light was on. Yeah. Like, I, man, I was in you full drive on. then. Yeah. So now only not only could I work and tell a story and be safe with everybody. Ain't nobody say, hey, Mark Henry hurt me. I call bullshit. Pull the match up. Let me see it. Pull it up. I was never dangerous. Now, in the first three years, you could have got your wig split. But, like, after that, the the rest of my career, man, it, it was a night off working with me. It was easy working with you, Mark. Like, I had troubles with suplexes before I met Kurt because, like, just taking a when, – whenever my feet went over my head, like, it just always bothered me. I told you, when I first started wrestling, when I was wrestling in Canada with Stu in, in 98, 99, um, it, 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 was, it was hard for me to, to roll backwards up to my feet. It, like, all of that kind of stuff was, you know, I just had problems with it. And uh, once I got over the, that, that fear of it, and, I, man, Kurt, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this, but thanks, man, because when – you started teaching me how to do the angle slam and um, a couple of the other suplexes like that. That was what got me out of the fear of it you because I dislocated my shoulder, taking a German from Nick Dinsmore um, in Louisville because when he, he, he grabbed me too high. You used to grab people real low around the waist. Yeah. So when you when they went over, they back and shoulders hit, not your you arm. Space. Yeah, you had space right. for the back and shoulders. Yeah. And um Nick was, I think, was afraid of me landing on him. Okay. And wow. you you just knew how to do it. And, and it wasn't Nick's fault because I I can't imagine grabbing a dude 400 pounds and and thinking, okay, I'm going to go backwards and he's going to be right on top. You know, I wouldn't want to do that shit either. <laughs> yeah. But that was his finish. Yeah. Was a German suplex. And we had to do it. And it, and rather than, it didn't hurt him, but it hurt me. And that's just part of wrestling. You know, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot. Every, every night you can, you take a chance on your life. I, uh, I want to talk about a moment that, all three of us were in the same building for how ridiculous does that sound? I was a fan. It's Philadelphia. It's SmackDown. Batista's injured. It's that battle Royal. And you and Kurt end up as the last two guys in that battle Royal. You remember that, right? I do. Eliminate you wins the world title. That was all Kurt too. I Kurt was like, man, Mark, he said, if, if I'm, if you pick me up and put me on the, on the top, um, you know, you can run and like I could catch you and choke you. And and he's like, don't, don't, don't go right away. He's like, just trust me. And we teeter totted for seemed like shit five minutes, but it was only what 30, 40 seconds. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, like that was one of the, the best reactions that so that bad. I had ever heard of, of going out in a battle royal. Oh yeah, like, it was awesome, Mark. The place damn, was that was good. Yeah, yeah. You, and you, you, and obviously, you know, they moved Kurt over to SmackDown. I guess they, it, it all happened quick, right? Batista get yeah. injured. Hey, Kurt, we're moving you over. We're going to put the world title on you. Yeah, yeah. 
So at that point, were you like, all right, cool? Or was it like, man, I would have loved a shot here, guys? Man, or? no, I, it wasn't even about the title stuff. I just wanted to keep working Kurt because yeah, every night, man, we killed it. We had some every match stuff. we ever had was good. Yep. You but know, sometimes you have a feel out match yeah. where you got to feel somebody out and it's kind of boring and this and that. Never we had great chemistry off the bat. Yep. Right off the bat, it was good. And I was I was sad to see him go because I knew that he was going to go into another bracket of working with the top guys. And I was just going to stay there at Raw doing, you know, kind of medial uh, in the middle wrestling. And uh, it didn't last long. I ended up, you know, getting my shine and everything and becoming ECW champion and so yeah. forth. So. Uh, it didn't take long. Well, Mark, do you consider your most memorable moment the John Cena retirement angle? I, I would think so. I mean, that's that's what people um, recognize all the time. I, I if I pull out the jacket, people lose it. Do you still have it? <laughs> oh, there he goes. He's gonna get it, Kurt. Right here, guys. You got to watch your show on YouTube, by the way. This is uh, yes, over. definitely. Yep, yep. <laughs> he has exited. He's here in his in his in his little studio, and he's got the salmon jacket. Henry will be back in a couple minutes. <laughs> I'm sure he's got it. Oh man, Kerr, how good is this? Oh, this is awesome. This is it. He's got it. All of my wrestling clothes. Are in this house. I love it. Perfect. Oh, like uh, I got all the sexual chocolate clothes, like all my <laughs> boots, all my wrestling gear. Did you everything. keep all the park? I kept everything. See, wow, man, he was smart. And I just recent the, the one you know the one thing that I that I don't have when the nation broke up. And we were all standing there and we were saying, Ron and Dwayne split. And he was like, I'm done with all of this. And we were all sitting there. I got angry that we broke up and I took my nation hat oh, and I threw it in the crowd. Oh, you don't oh. have your nation hat. I don't have my nation That's the hat. the only thing, though. <laughs> Kurt has, has, has done the exact opposite of you, Mark. He doesn't have anything from his career. You just gave it away? Uh, yeah, Hall of Fames and uh, charities. I'm an idiot, man. Singlets gone, uh, uh, awards, trophies, all of it. Gear. <laughs> hey, Kurt, uh, you gave your Slammy Awards away. You're Slammy. I I think I did. <laughs> Got nothing. <laughs> I gave everything away except for my Hall of Fame ring. His wife wants to kill him. Yeah, the title belts too. Yep, yep, gave those away too. Hall of Fames. Can All right, stop that? asking questions, Mark. We're, we're interviewing <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna call. We're gonna call Triple H tomorrow and say, "Hey, man, Kurt was very generous and gave away all his titles. Can y'all send him new titles, world yes. titles?" And 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 the Slammy Awards and all of those things. Can you? Cause they got all that shit in piles in the warehouse. 
I'm sure I could ask for it. You're absolutely get the big right. eagle. Yeah, you you really person. should because yeah. I, I I love to see you have those on your wall on your mantles and stuff. Yes, you're um, right. I still have every, every man like everything that I got. I kept it. I got shirts that still have tags on them from the sexual chocolate from my weightlifting too, Mark. I got a ton of that stuff too. God, I left that. I gave everything away with that. Stuff. Man, I, my Olympic singlet, I took out of a box the other day because they, you know, I, um, there's a documentary on my life being released in January. Oh, awesome, Mark! And um, I think you're in it, Kurt. Yeah, I did you- an interview for it. Yes. Yeah, and um, like going through those boxes. And seeing all my Olympic uh, wrestling gears and my my belts and shoes and all of that stuff is like uh, it's it's at the Todd uh, at the Letcher Stark Center Museum in the north end of the football stadium at UT University of Texas. Um, incredible museum. I, I I actually when we had a show here in Austin years ago, uh, I saw so many things of Vince's dad that I told Vince, man, you got to come check out the, this wrestling stuff that's in there. They got pictures of you and your, and your dad and Andre and, and, you know, Haystacks, Calhoun, all these old school, you know, like, and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. So he came to the museum with me one day. And um, walked around, man. He was in tears, man. Just seeing the pictures of his dad when his dad was young and uh, when he was a young guy, you know, kind of like being his dad's helper. And, um, you know, pictures with Andre and and all of the, you know, like um, the guys that were strength guys. You know, Bruno, people don't realize that uh, Bruno San Martino – um did a near 700 pound squat he was a strong like he was a stud man like a real athlete and um you know you you squat 650 pounds like you somebody and um so there was like all these strength things in there about pro wrestling and um so he he really loved that um but man i'm I look at pro wrestling and the the memorabilia and all of that stuff as a part of, and I, you're not the only one. I, I gave some stuff away uh, to charities, to auctions and stuff like that, but it was really replicas. Like I, the original gear, um, the, the first one I ever had made or the first one I wore, I keep those, but then the ones that I had made just like them, you know, like then, you know, I, I could part ways with them because, you know, sure. it's, it, it, there's no emotional tie to it. It was a replica, but um, the, uh, the hat is kind of the only thing. Somebody out there got that hat, man. Somebody's got it. Or, or maybe they nobody picked it up and they swept it in the trash and threw it away when they cleaned the arena up. I don't know, but um, that would be a damn shame. If you're listening yeah. to this show and you got the hat, hit us up. We're on a mission. We got to find. Yeah, it. man, I want that hat. 
I'm not going to pay a million dollars for it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I will come up with a good trade. There you go. All right, Mark. Your induction to the Hall of Fame is one of my favorites of all time. Your passion showed through that night. How'd you feel about it? It was a good night for me to be able to, one, share it and spend it with my family and my wrestling family. Like, the people of wrestling – um they they got to be a they got to get thanked and that was that was uh i i've been thankful for the fans appreciating me in my life but never at that level where you go listen it's because of y'all that i was able to be who i was and um and also got to um i feel like i helped warm the heart of uh martha Owen's husband, uh, Owen Hart's wife, to the idea of being around wrestling again. It didn't happen for WWE, and and we do the Owen Cup at AEW now. And Martha is very supportive of it, and um, you know it's a it's a wonderful time of year when the Owen Cup starts. Um, but I got to talk to her, and it it, it created dialogue again, and. Um, it's just cool to be able to, I don't know if y'all have seen Owen's kids, oh, yeah. but, but Oge, his son looked just like him. And when I saw him, I just started crying because he looked so, and I can imagine his, his wife. Seeing and I, I don't have no trouble with saying that I can see why she stayed away from wrestling. Because imagine waking up every day and seeing your son face and he looked just like your husband and he's gone. I felt, man, I just felt so bad for her. Yeah, that's sad. And, you know, it's like they're beautiful, well-rounded, adjusted, professional people. Uh, they, I mean, like they, pro wrestling might have uh, skewed them one way or the other. And, and of course, now if they wanted to do it, they can do whatever they're, they're, they're doing really well, but yeah. you know, it's like, um, I, I'm, I, I, I appreciate that moment of being able to talk to her. Um, and, and, uh, to be able to pay tribute to sexual chocolate and the characters that I, that I played, you know, made a lot of, um, it, 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 it touched me to be able to say, man, like, I helped create something in wrestling. It ain't many people could say that they, people could say they performed, that they competed or whatever, but they invent something that people loved. And like, that was just your creative, you know, juices flowing that did it. Like I, I felt really accomplished that night. That was, that was a good night for me, Kurt. So deserved. Mark, I, I wanted to say this. Uh, this has been so enjoyable. You're so warm. Great stories. I've loved this <laughs> entire entire interview, man. Just getting to know you through this uh, experience. And uh, before we let you go, you've you've spent over an hour with us. I wanted to uh, give you a chance to talk about listening to you on Busted Open. You're doing a great job on that. All the work Thank you're doing you. with AEW. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to give you a chance too. You got to talk about Cody because you said you want to do that too. Oh yeah. 
But just in closing, just uh, share your thoughts, anything you want to promote. You talked about your documentary. Again, thank you so much for being here. Just, just uh, you know, some things that you want to promote for us, for yourself. Man, um, we're, we're on seven days a week now on Busted Open from uh, 9 to noon Eastern Standard Time on Sirius XM. If you don't have a Sirius XM subscription, get one. It's we we're right, we're the number one podcast in in the world of pro wrestling. Um, and one day Kurt will get there, maybe number two. <laughs> come on, man, come on, <laughs> come on, just bring me on at least once a month. And there you go. And Mark fight those numbers. <laughs> uh, You're like, our ratings machine. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like um, the um, at AEW. Uh, I'm I'm always going to be around wrestling to some capacity, and I feel like I'm more of a wrestling counselor than a coach. Um, I teach people. I don't teach them how. I want the people. I want them already to know how. I teach them where you do it, when you do it, why you do it, and I teach them how to think outside the box. Because that's what Stu Hart did for me and Leo Burt and Tom Pritchard and Rip Rogers and Jim Cornette did for me. They they were all free-spirited thinkers. And they would be like, stop being Mark Henry. Nobody want to hear that shit. Like, be somebody else. So when you start thinking of how can I get over being something else, it opens up your brain to pro wrestling. Is you know if 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 somebody said Mark, you got to be John Wayne. You give me 20, 30 minutes with John Wayne, you know rehearsal stuff. Looking at, I, I, I'll come by. I'll be John Wayne, the best John Wayne I could be. You know, like I don't need a lot of study time because all I need to know what the character references and sound and voice flexion and. You know, and that's science of studying wrestling or acting. And that's what I teach, you know, and I enjoy it. Uh, the personal one-on-ones, the people I talk to every every week, um, it's working. It's working. And and when you see what you do works, it's gratifying. You, I sit back sometimes like, man, I Proud did that. that. I did that like that's and and the kids they smile man they man action Andretti every time he walks past me he goes that's cool and I know what it means he's saying thank you but I got it I and he got it like he's one of those that you know you have a conversation with didn't have a job and two or three sessions with me they hired him. Nice. So, like, it, it's those are the those are the things that are good to me. Mentor Mark Henry. There you go. Yeah, man. And um, you know, January the, there's a documentary on A and E about my life that people gonna find out a lot more about me than than they've ever heard. Um, is I mean, it's I don't want to give nothing away. So just keep you okay. keep your ears. Keep your ears open. It's, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be one of the bigger ones they've ever done. Uh, a lot of ground to cover. Almost three hours. 
Uh, they're, they're, they're two out. They're normally an hour and change, um, you know, two hours, but this one is, you know, 45 minutes longer. Um, and, and, and my guy, Cody, man, like Co- Cody, Cody had me about to go, go to his school two months ago. Yes. Because there was a there was a kid that was picking on him. Uh, oh no! So, I, so I, was, <laughs> I was hot, bro. I was hot, and I I I told Karen. I said, "Listen, where where, where send me the address to the school?" Uh oh! Because I was going to get, get on the plane. Ass yeah, and, you know, I'm not going to punch the principal in the face, but but these people at these schools need to do their damn jobs. Yeah. This bullying got to fucking stop. Yeah. And it started at the top. And, you know, there's people that, that they don't have what you and I have and what Kurt has. Where we can stand up for ourselves. Everybody can, some people can just stand up. But you know what? God put some of us on this earth to be the defenders of the weak and the people that can't defend themselves. And it don't require an ass whooping every time. It, it requires the, a parent that's lazy, that allows their kid to tell them what to do uh-huh. and, be, and, and be undisciplined. It, it, though, there are people that exist that walk this earth to put them in check. And those principals are afraid and the teachers are afraid of those parents. I'm not afraid of those parents. I would, man, I would, I would have flew up there to that school and I would have waited. Cody, which kid is it? And I've been like, we're going to wait with him until his parents arrive. And I would have gave their ass the business. Good for you. You tell your kid to mind his mouth and keep his hands to himself because Cody said he pushed him. Now I can take you talking shit, but you ain't going to, you ain't going to put your hands on my people. Like, we're not doing that. And this might be the first of Kurt hearing it, but I'm going to tell you something. You asked Karen and Jeff. I was coming there. And that's, you tell the parents, and every parent got the right to do that. Say, listen, I'm not here to fight you. I got better shit to do with my day than to come up here and tell you to get control of your kid. Because if I told my kid, hey, get a baseball bat and crack him when he turned his head, then I'd be wrong. Right. Right. Well, that's the equivalent of what you're allowing your kid to do to my kid. Yeah. So get it under control before I have to get it under control. It's not a threat because I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call child protective services. Yeah. Nobody should be treating anybody. that. You got to do everything. Yeah. You know, and, and the principals and the teachers, you know, I, I hate it in this country, man. Everybody want to sue everybody. And, you know, it's just, you know, right. we, we just a weak ass country yeah. uh, when it comes to that type of thing. Yeah. But like Cody, he all he want to do is come and hug you, man, and talk about wrestling and, okay. you know, enjoy. Come, Mark, come, come on, let's go to the ring. I want to show like he want to show me stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man, let's go. Like, so I love that. And, and, and the confidence that he has is beautiful, man. He a beautiful person. 
And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing him. Hey, Kerr, how much does it warm your heart knowing that Cody, whenever he's visiting AEW, has a I big I know the Mark Henry's like got course. his back. I'm, I feel pretty safe. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. That's, yeah, yeah we, spent, we spent time in catering. We spent time by the ring talking that's about awesome. his future. Nice. <laughs> good. At least somebody's talking to him about it. <laughs> that's good. I have uh, – you know what? I, I, I honestly don't know, man. I don't know, Mark, what – you know, Cody is a good kid. Um, you know, he obviously has a form of autism, mm -hmm. uh, but I think he's going to be okay. I think he's, gonna he is, he is, he's going to be, he's going to be a functioning human being. Yeah. And like, I, I think that Cody will be able to live by himself at yeah. some point. He's going to be able to drive and be functional adult. What he's, just gonna, he's just going to, he's just going to need yeah. say it again. What he wants more than anything is a girlfriend. <laughs> well, we've talked on, about that. On, Mark, can you help him? <laughs> we've talked about that. And and I'm like, hey, man, just wait. Sexual chocolate. Just wait. You know, no, I got to be Mark Henry in that case. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, just wait and think about your future first. There and you I go. Told him, I why. told him not long ago. I was like, how are you going to take care of this girlfriend? Yeah, bingo. I was like, you create a way that you can uh, be self-sufficient and take care of yourself, and then you can take care of somebody else. Then we'll go that route. And he was like, oh, I'm going to get a job. Right now, it's all about wrestling. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to find something in wrestling for Cody to do. That's great. That's where, that's, that, that would be his biggest asset. Would be yeah, he's going to get a job. Like, he's going to be able to have a functioning life. Watch. That's long as cool, I'm alive. Man. I love you. I love you for that, Mark. This has been great. Kurt, how great. Thank you so much, Mark, for doing this. Mark, you're awesome, man. Thank you for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it, man. I love man, you. I had a ball, man. I, I respect the hell out of you. You've been one of my favorite athletes. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. And uh, listen, uh, if you ever want to be on the show again or whatever, you're more love than Love to ready. have you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it, man. And uh, I'll be listening to you on Busted Open. All right, man. All right. Love All you, right. brother. Take care. Love we you love too. you, bud, man. So good. Thank you. Wow, Mark. Well, that was so good. He got a little emotional talking about you at the end there, Kurt. You mean I a lot know. to him. I, I love the guy to death. I mean, Mark, him and I have been friends since, gosh, 1995. Um, he basically ruled the Olympic Training Center. He he was like the guy, if you wanted something or you needed something, he was the guy that could get you it. And uh, Mark was, everybody loved him. He was infectious, you know, and uh, just a phenomenal athlete too. I, I wasn't expecting uh, that at the end, him to kind of get tear up just talking about what you've meant to him over the years. So that, uh, that got me. This was a, a fantastic interview and so thankful. Mark, we'd love to have you back on the show. There was a lot of questions we didn't even get to ask, Kurt. No, we didn't, man. He was, he was answering <laughs> questions and he was going forever. And, and I that's loved okay. It. I absolutely loved it. Loved it. Hey, before we get out of here, because uh, I know you have uh, uh, some things on your schedule, you, Kurt, went 0-2 last week. I know, week. I know, I know. You picked the Steelers over the Cardinals. Well, you know what? I picked, picked the fucking Eagles, and they lose. Okay? And the Eagles. Both, both, both like, Philadelphia teams lost. And they won. Yeah. 
So, oh, and two, let's get into your picks for this week. Now, who are you going to go? Cause you're 16, you're 16 and 10 now. All right. Thank I'm, God you can't pick the Steelers. Cause we're after the Steeler game. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't pick the Steelers. Yeah. They sucked again. <laughs> they lost last night. Uh, my lock, my angle lock is the Ravens over the Rams. Ravens over the Rams. Okay. And, and I hate the Ravens, but I think uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And my upset is the Chargers over the Broncos. Ah, okay. So the Broncos are actually favored in that game. Yes, even though they're the visiting team, the yeah. Chargers are actually, I think, they're uh, four and six in the or six and seven, and the Broncos are six and six. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So you got the Chargers, and you got the Ravens. Chargers and Ravens. Yes. All right. There we go. Guys, listen, uh, we're going to cover a lot of you have asked for it. You've wanted it. I've gotten DM'd about it, Kurt. They want to hear you talk about Hell in a Cell from Armageddon 2000. Oh, I've never talked about that ever. So we're we're going to do that next or anything. Nope. We're going to do that next week. That's with the all the Hall of Famers and one Hell in the Cell. And uh, listen, uh, we want to remind you as well that you can check out Kurt's uh, top impact moments, TNA moments, go to impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt. If your business targets 25 to 50. Oh, wow. That was, that was fun. That was sparkly. <laughs> You're hitting me buttons on the machine. What's happening over there. <laughs> we just had a visit from Tinkerbell. Thanks to Kurt angle. <laughs> if your business targets 25 to 54 year old men, there's no better place. Then to advertise with angle.com, we'll play Tinkerbell music in the background as well if you'd like us to. But check it out. Advertise with angle.com. And uh, and we'll advertise. Kurt, we're picking up more advertisers. I don't know if you're seeing those emails coming through. Yes, that's exciting. Yes, I'm really excited about that. We got a pretty good one I saw just this yeah. week. So. Yeah, yeah. So they're coming through. Uh, also, you can check out some Kurt Angle Show merch. Uh, boxagimmicks.com. It's Christmas season. So grab your Kurt Angle show uh, merchandise right now, whether it's for the Kurt Angle lover in your life or you just want to spend some of the gift cards that you're getting in your stockings, you can do that. Go to boxagimmicks.com. Follow us on X. I guess we're calling Twitter X now at Real Kurt Angle, at Paulie B. Well, uh, the show is The Angle Pod and YouTube. Guys, this was your show to watch on YouTube. Not only did we get the salmon jacket, we got uh, some emotional moments and just seeing Mark Henry's big smile and his cool space. We'll make it easy for you. KurtAngleTV.com. How's that for a URL, Kurt? That's really easy. KurtAngleTV.com. You have your own TV station, and you can subscribe, <laughs> like, and turn on notifications. Kurt, tell us about Physically Fit and the Smart Snacks. Physically Fit, Chicken Snacks. Well, actually, Smart Snacks. We don't have Chicken Snacks anymore. They're, these are whey protein, uh, high-protein, low-carbohydrate, snack-smart, crispy protein bites. Go to PhysicallyFit.com to order yours. There are four different flavors. You're going to absolutely love them. They're delicious. I use them every day in my diet. That's physicallyfit.com. They're called Smart Snacks Crispy Protein Bites. There you go. Check it out. And then the other uh, big supplement that Kurt is into, I think Mark was talking about guys that are training to be wrestlers. Some are eating ding-dongs and pizza. We <laughs> recommend Smart Snacks and Project One Nutrition Cookies and Cream Protein. Isn't that right, Kurt? That's right. Kurt Angle's cookies and cream protein from Project One Nutrition. 
high protein, low carbohydrate, the best tasting protein on the market. I guarantee it. You're going to absolutely love it. Go to projectonenutrition.com to order yours. There you go. And then finally, KurtAngleBrand.com. That's where you're getting the cameo videos, the cowboy hats, the milk cartons, the birthday cards, uh, the t-shirts, the autograph pictures. Kurt, they can find what over there? The whole ball of wax. <laughs> That's right. He got the tagline down. So check it out. KurtAngleBrand.com. Kurt, I think we're done this week, man. What a great show. It was a great show. I loved having Mark Henry on. I love the guy. I think he's incredible. Ah, shout out to Derek Sabato for uh, helping us with our Derek, guest. Thank you, brother. Yeah, another great guest. On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week for Armageddon 2000 on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.